don't want to miss any of this gold. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's funny, you know, my time on the weekends, you know, I just, you know, I'm not, I don't rush for anyone. Uh, so it's funny that I told you what I say, 12 o'clock. I was like, oh, I think I could do 12. Here we are. One yeah. Doesn't matter. There we go. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Acupuncture. Uh, my second time going, I got one more visit. Uh, you know, I think it's just like my hand sometimes bothers me when I play guitar. Oh, okay. You know, so I guess 30 Some years. arthritis developing? <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Other, otherwise, what am I going for? <laughs> I need a good ail. I need a good ailment to go. Um, yo, uh, episode one hundred seventy-three of the podcast. Uh, you know, we wanted to do two a month. It seems like an easy thing to do. So here we are. Uh, I, I think it's also fun whenever we don't really have any like a uh, burning desire to do something to mm-hmm. just touch base. I mean, you know, I I have a bunch of shit on my list to talk about. Uh, a lot of things that came out this way, you know, everything. We're both constantly watching shit. We can yeah. easily catch up on that and then do what else we were scheduled to do, which we're celebrating. There's some albums turning 30 this year. And uh, Davey had posted about, I mean, there's several albums, but Jar of Flies by Allison Chains in particular. So we're going to chop it up, talk about our favorite AIC songs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll like I wanted to cut everything in half, so we'll, we'll save that for the tail sure. half of the episode. Um, for the time being, uh, I, I did want to mention Griselda on Netflix. I don't know if you started that. Did not start it yet. Um, I got high hopes. Interesting casting choice. That's been the obvious thing, you know. But see what happens. Yeah, I mean, you know, Griselda Blanco, for anyone listening that does not know Griselda Blanco, no one really did. Everyone kind of knew Pablo Escobar is like, you know, or like the all the cartels uh, watch the documentary Cocaine Cowboys, because I watched the first episode of Griselda on Netflix. It just came out. Uh, Sofia Vergara is playing Griselda Blanco. And if you Google, if you don't know what uh, Griselda Blanco look like and you Google the two people you would uh she looked like that little lady from the from poltergeist a little yeah. bit yeah you're, you're not yeah. wrong yeah yeah Kellen, Kellen. yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's like it's like getting uh uh clint howard to play um uh, well actually it's like getting george clooney to play clint howard in a documentary or something it's almost like at the end of peewee's big adventure when they made the movie of his life on screen yeah, and everybody was like really good looking. I can't remember who played him. Was it? No, James yeah, Brolin? I yeah, I think it. I think I think it was James Brolin, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so funny. I forgot. Yeah, I totally forgot about that whole ending. That's great. Um. Yeah. So okay, here I I put it on. I think there was like uh, six episodes, and okay. and it was very. I think knowing the documentary and seeing it and just the the pure violence and insanity that this lady's life was and watching this episode, mm-hmm. it made it really made me shut it off. I didn't even really want to continue watching it. And I just watched Cocaine Cowboys again for the hundredth yeah. time because uh, it, there's such a disconnect and I get it. And, you know, I was mentioning it to my brother 
And my brother's like, it's just like Narcos. And I was like, you know what? I'm like, Narcos hit pretty hard for me. I liked it. But mm-hmm. maybe because I didn't have attachment to those characters because I didn't really I didn't have the, any documentary in my head as to what these you know people were. So when he said that, I'm like, yeah, I guess I should really look at it like Narcos, which is like pure entertainment, uh, because everything about it is is so it just seems like. I If I'm going to watch something like this, it's, it's for the believability or at least for some sort of accuracy in the storytelling. Mm-hmm. This doesn't really feel like it, it feels like it's like 10 percent kind of went this way and 90 percent. Hey, let's just like make something entertaining. It's funny you're saying this because just the other day I was thinking about like I'm kind of like biopics. What's the fucking point? What's the point? Like if if there's a documentary existing on something like, you know, a biopic is going to be not accurate. There's no accurate biopics, really. Maybe parts, this and that, but it's going to take a million liberties. So if like a documentary exists on something, what the fuck is the point of a biopic at all? Except for just some, you know, cotton candy, basically, you know, some popcorn fun or whatever. But you have to accept, like, you're not getting the straight shit. You're never going to get it, you know, whether it's a, you know, the movie about Freddie Mercury or whatever, or the Motley Crue one. They're just, it's just not going to be like, it's just make-believe. It might as well be make-believe. I don't yeah, know. You're right. Based you're... on a true story. No, you're right. Like, The Dirt was something like that, too. Um... Yeah. And maybe I don't know. I I gotta go back into it and stuff, you know. But I, once again, it just brings me back to the Cocaine Cowboys, which is such a fascinating story. One of the best docs ever. That because doc. all the characters, all the characters were completely like when you see this this time and place in Miami, uh, you're just like, holy shit, this really happened. Uh, and then Netflix did another one with the the two brothers which I thought was pretty interesting too. I think that was like three or four episodes. Uh, but anyway, see that one. Oh, yeah. really? Oh my God. Yeah, I, don't th- I don't think I saw that one. Yeah. It's called the, you're King- not talking about the sequel, the cocaine. No, Cowboys, no, 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 no. It's, okay. it's, it's the Kings of, of, of South. I'm going to look it up right now. Hold on a second. Oh, wait a second. Is that the one with the guys and they bought cigarette boats? They were buying them. Yeah. I did see that shit. Yeah. yeah. That was good. That was good. Yeah. Like you see, it was yeah. like the two brothers. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, mm-hmm. But anyway, I, I'm willing to to give it a, another chance. You know, uh, I needed to to get my head on straight. And, you know, like I said, like when my brother's like, yeah, it's just like Narcos. I was like, you know what? I'm like, I guess it kind of is because Narcos made like, you know, these like uh, characters uh, very likable and uh, they were, you know, movie star looking. You're like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, you know, nicely dressed. Uh, I forget the the Spanish dude. Diego Luna was one of the guys. Okay. In uh, and now you see him in like you know like the Star Wars universe, and you're like, oh yeah, look at this guy. So, uh, okay, you have anything? Um, I wrapped up, and I'll be careful here because I don't know. Did you watch the Curse? So I I I don't know why. I kind of just lost interest. I'm gonna go back to it. I heard the last episode's really good. It's uh, bananas, which obviously I'm not going to touch on because I assume you'll probably pick it up or whatever. I so got it. It, yeah. it, it goes. It, it's a you talk about a left turn. It's a left turn. But I, I, I can't say enough, man, about really towards the end of the year between the curse and poor things, which we went to see how 
Emma Stone, like those two roles right there, especially the curse. She was incredible in that shit. Incredible. And poor things, obviously. But uh, but yeah, I don't want to get too much into the curse, except I absolutely loved it. It's just the complete exercise in cringe and awkwardness that uh you're either probably gonna, you know, see something in or you're, it's gonna be fucking horribly annoying if you're not getting what they're putting down, you know. But uh I, I loved it. Yeah, I so I'm four episodes in and I do love the cringe factor. I, maybe it's because Karen just kind of like lost interest in it. So whenever mm. I have to like watch it, you know, like on a day like today when, you know, squeezing it now, maybe I'll watch an episode after. Uh, but yeah, the cringe worthy parts were just really oh. good because like that dude, Nathan Felder. Is very yeah. good at that. Uh, I don't know if you did. You catch any of his other shows, like the rehearsal? I've seen all his shit. Yeah, that's definitely his specialty. Never seen him act really before like this. This was like interesting in that. And but I tell you, one of the coolest things about the show is low key, like how fucking funny it was. There's so much humor in it. Shit, like dark as fuck. But I, don't know, I, I loved it, man. Another a twenty four fucking great effort. And, and really, really, the premise is you know the the this guy gets cursed uh, somewhat or at least in the first episode you know that that's kind of like the premise of it and you don't know if it's real or not um and but yeah it kind of goes so far away from that like uh and again i just don't want you know all i can do is recommend it i don't want to you know if you do see it we'll 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 chop it up further like another thing you had seen you saw salt burn i was going to try to squeeze it in so we could talk about that but i couldn't i mean so so, uh, yeah, Saltburn, I, I caught, uh, I didn't really, ca- I didn't even know it, it was a thing. I saw the trailer. I remember in the theaters because I thought to myself, oh, Barry Keoghan and Jacob from Euphoria are in this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this looks interesting. And I totally forgot about it. Things come out at such a rapid pace and like, you know, it's like 10 different streaming apps that you have to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Um. And so people started talking about it maybe a month, somewhere in like mid-December. You know, it's like, oh, my God, Saltburn is so crazy. And I was like, it is? And then I kind of like read the premise and it was like, you know, it's like the haves and the have-nots and like yada, yada, yada. So I'm like, all right, let me watch this. And uh, it's about two hours and change. Great acting characters. uh, Great use of music you know uh block party was used there's a couple of like old school bangers that, that were thrown in there and barry is great that dude you know killing of a sacred deer uh anything that kid is in he just has such a unique look and he's just a very good actor um he's very good but- that was something about him i always wanted to punch in the face a little bit this, yeah, maybe it's some of the characters he played because he was in also in, in uh in uh we need to talk about Kevin, right? He was one of it plays the uh the older Kevin. What the let's talk about Kevin? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Which god damn if you don't want to punch it. <laughs> you know what so... I mean? But I respect it. The guy's fucking good. I definitely any if I see he's in something, he's usually got a good batting average for like being in a a good picture, you know, he seems to pick good shit. So I think he's just in tune with what we like. Um, you know, so he picks roles like that where if I see mm-hmm. him in there, it's like, okay, this guy seems to be kind of like doing shit that we find interesting at the very least. Sure. 
this movie was interesting. Um, after watching it, I can't say that I loved it, uh, but I I liked that it exists. Um, my only gripe with it was, you know, it just for me personally, like, you know, like I said, I'm not I can't get too into it. It just took a long time to get to where it was going to go. But mm-hmm. then my girlfriend watched it by herself and she's she loved it. You know, my wife loved it. Yeah. 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 It's it's definitely worth watching because it's such a unique movie. It's such a unique movie. And it's uh, it reminded me of a, of a of a Tales from the Crypt like the whole premise and the whole outcome of it. So that part I like. That's why I'm like, oh, I, I, I would have liked to have seen like wow. the, the Tales from the Crypt version of this because it's so, it's a unique movie. Uh, there's some really interesting scenes that are making their way through Instagram reels right now for sure. Uh, and that's it, man. You know, definitely check out Saltburn and and maybe we'll we'll get further into it when, when you, you know. Yeah, I, I'm like 20 minutes into it. I just realized I'm like, okay. I got too much going on right now. I can't, I got to pay attention to this. So yeah. I just couldn't, I'm like, let me put it. What else you got? Uh, well, we were saying the Oscar nominees came out this week. And as, as you know, as ridiculous as awards are and award shows are and awarding, picking one art over the other and stuff and how often they get it wrong. I'm always curious to see what they mention. Hope maybe hit me to something that I didn't know came out. Um, I got the list here. Yeah, I'm looking at it as well. I was even thinking too. What what is it? February they do it. Seen a few of these, but there's a few I haven't. Maybe I'll try to bang out as many as possible, and we'll do something before the show. A few. Yeah. I don't know how many of these have you seen. I'm gonna name. So let's see. I got um. I'm gonna go through the best. You know, it's funny too. Like God, I haven't seen shit actually. <laughs> we were. I I'm laughing at the, at the Barbie nonsense you know i think oh. I, I think some person like puts like a tweet up and like all the like people just share the dumbest shit and like i'm always like it just makes you look like whenever the internet catches on to something and they're like oh ryan gosling got nominated and the director and whatever but the supporting actress got nominated and the movie got nominated for best film so it's like i okay i get uh, you got you got robbed? I, I don't understand. It's all by design to get people to talk about their fucking dumb award show. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, who I, gives a fuck, really? Um, so I, I made a list of the, the, the best actors, right? So uh, Bradley Cooper in Maestro. Never saw it. Don't plan on watching it. Uh, I, I don't care about the story. Do you? Uh, I don't. Sometimes I might watch something. You know, just to try to have an educated opinion about the end of the shit. But like that is one that oh, that would be a chore. I think I don't think that <laughs> subject really interests me. That's what it is. It's just a subject for sure. Um, yeah. Now, uh, you know, uh, there's another uh, Coleman Domingo is in a movie called Rustin. Uh, so Never heard of it. neither did I. It's on Netflix. Okay. Uh, it says uh, Bayard Rustin, advisor to Martin Luther King Jr., dedicates his life to the quest for racial equality, human rights, and worldwide worldwide democracy. However, as an openly gay black man, he he is all but a race from the civil rights movement he helped build. So that's an interesting what? take. If that isn't 
a role made to get an award at a fucking I don't know what is, bro. He he checked all the boxes, so good for you, Coleman Domingo. And uh, but that part of the angle is funny, you know, where it's it's you are fighting for you know uh, civil rights, but even back then, I don't think any demographic was very embracing of of gay people for sure. No, definitely so I, not. I liked it. Uh, a movie that I still haven't seen, but you had it on your list, Paul Giamatti in The Holdovers. Yeah, I love that this uh, movie and his uh, portrayal is getting a lot of shine, man, because it was just one of those movies I wasn't even thinking nothing. You know, sometimes towards the end of the year, I really try to, when we do our year-end list, I'll try to cram in a lot of shit that came out. And I just put that on expecting nothing and like time just went by like i couldn't like i enjoyed it so much and he's just i mean what name me something that that guy hasn't made better or done a good job in like wnbc that'll always be my that was his start <laughs> yeah. amazing, you know yeah, yeah. great uh, villain so yeah okay so giamatti and the holdovers which is on peacock now so i, I have no excuse i oh. just I just have to watch it. Uh, Cillian Murphy or Killian Murphy, sorry, in Oppenheimer. And I saw uh, that. You see that? I did. I saw it in theaters and I wanted to kill myself. I uh, I thought it was, it was good. I don't understand the, I mean, I think a lot of people are just eager to suck Christopher Nolan's cock no matter what he fucking spews out, to be honest with you. I'm not saying it's a bad film. I said it was a good film, I, but I don't. I wasn't amazed by it. They they are lining up to suck his dick, but only after they suck Jordan Peele's dick. <laughs> you ain't kidding, man. That's that's a dick, you know. That's a dick that a lot of people are always lining up to to go suck. Uh, and the very last uh, nomination in best uh, male, whatever the fuck, best lead actor, Jeffrey Wright in the movie American Fiction, which I totally want to see. Did you watch yeah, the trailer? I- I've seen the trailer. It kind of came. I didn't came out didn't of nowhere. know much about it. Yeah, yeah, right. Like not much of a campaign of uh, promotion. I felt like it. I, then all of a sudden, it was everywhere. But uh, I love the premise. I love the premise. Uh, you know the the, uh, the writer, black writer. You know, isn't basically. You know, he's like writing stuff, and and that's not what America's looking for. They're looking for more of like a you know like stereotypical like black stories. So he creates this like, you know, pseudonym as, as an author and then it blows up and he has to like, <laughs> you know, in the trailer, you see him like he's just like uh, this fake character. So I'm wondering where that story goes. And I love that dude as an actor. Jeffrey Wright's really, really good. Uh, best supporting actor, uh, Sterling K. Brown, American Fiction, uh, Robert De Niro and Killers of the Flower Moon. Did you watch that yet? Uh, I have it on my computer and I'm going to knock it out soon. So I just, I maybe got a half hour into it. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, so this is one of those situations, like I have Apple TV so I could just watch it, but it's a three and a half hour movie on subjects. I don't care about. I hate that era of America. I hate Westerns. Yeah. I hate dirty, shitty towns. But I love Martin Scorsese. Otherwise, I probably would wouldn't even watch this. Yeah, it was yeah. it was it was like, uh, you know, it, it, I, I'm not a big fan of Westerns, but goddamn, did I love Young Guns. So maybe this is a Young Guns in disguise. 
The only one I remember really like it. What was the, what was the, the Unforgiven? Good? Yes. Yeah. That's a great film. And Bone Tomahawk, does that count? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that counts, but, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's definitely adjacent. Uh, yeah. The next one is Robert Downey Jr. and Oppenheimer, which was great. I thought he was great in that. Uh, mm-hmm. a, a movie that I, I get the appeal is just when I when I was sitting there watching it, I was like, hey, what am I doing? I'm like, this is just like a book report that I care nothing about. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Gosling and Barbie. Right. I guess he did. I don't know. I, I didn't see it. I have about as much interest in seeing that as I do Maestro, to be honest with you. But I, uh, I saw it because I on feel HBO. like I have to. I just I've heard all these people yapping about it and people that whose opinions I respect. I began. I don't have any interest in it, but I might pop it on before the awards. Yeah. And have an educated opinion about it. But uh, it's worth uh, it, it's it's worth a watch. I didn't like the very beginning, like. Like the world she created was super cool, but then right. it just like descended into a story that I was like, I don't even care about this. Like, I just didn't care anymore. It turned into right. like, like I almost knew what was going to happen before it happened. And that's fine. But it just at the end of it just was. Yeah, cool. like I, I kind of see where, where they're, you know, obviously what angle they're coming at. I just don't. They are smart. Like it's delivered in a smart way. I'm sure. uh I don't know. I, you know what? I'm going to watch it so I can have a fucking, we can sure. have a combo. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then very last for supporting Mark Ruffalo and Poor Things, man. Fucking guy. Good poor Things, every, all the awards. Yeah. That's where I'm coming from right now. So um, so let's do females real quick here. So Annette Benning, this is a actress. Uh, yes. She was in Nyad. Did you watch Nyad? It's on Netflix. Uh, never heard of it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what, what fuck it is. is it. Jamie, look it up. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, read, read, read it out for me. The remarkable true story of athlete Diana Nyad, who at the age of 60 and with the help of her best friend and coach commits to achieving her lifelong dream, a 110 mile open ocean swim. Um, Cuba to Florida. Okay, that sounds like something I'm not watching. So oh, this is <laughs> what I'm saying, bro. I'm like, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know what? Shout out to Annette Benning for even being alive. I had no idea she was still out there kicking. <laughs> no idea. Uh, sound, again, sounds like a movie made to like for the the show. Yeah. This movie exists like these kind of like when you play a real life person that did some crazy shit. Like, give me an award, please. I love it. Just remember, like South Park, where they like it was the award, like gay cowboys eating pudding or something like that. <laughs> Forget it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lily Gladstone for Flower uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Yes. Um, eh, who else? Sandra Huller is in a movie called Anatomy of a Fall. I. uh have a copy of that i'm going to Wait, what's watch. that about never even heard of that um the i don't know exactly but i believe i got it on my radar because of john waters okay from his i usually make an effort to see everything he puts out on his best of list and he's always got everything ahead of time because he's fucking john waters and shit but he had i believe this was on his uh his list that? a woman is suspected of her husband's murder 
and their blind son faces a moral dilemma as the main witness, labeled as crime drama thriller. Oh, that sounds good. I like that. So it looks French, I believe. Yeah, uh, I think no, it's German, right? Maybe German. Yeah, yeah German. Yeah. That's yeah. German. I just saw somebody. Das Nutzenfest. But uh, yeah, I like stories like that because, like, you see that um, anytime you see a premise like that, that that's real and that could happen, and and like, I mean, you know, if that's a real story or it did happen, like, you know, the the conflicting feelings that somebody would have about turning mm-hmm. their mother in or whatever, like that stuff is just. Sure. Like, ripe for a good story uh the last two are uh casey mulligan and maestro and of course emma stone and poor things emma stone is listen again haven't seen everything on here but i just again she's amazing emma stone crushed it last year that's it and uh you know lots 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 of lots of red bush going on too uh support uh support (laughs) supporting x hey listen if she's going to get fully fucking naked, just give her the goddamn award. Like, that's like she really went for it. And and, yes. and and she did such a great job. But once again, listen, did I see Maestro Anatomy of All, either, you know, the flower killers, whatever, Nyad? No. So it's hard to say. We're, we're I'm so- going to test my boundaries. I'm going to I'm going to watch some shit that I probably wouldn't, man. Yeah. And that, so we, we we'll we'll come back and circle back around before the when, whenever the awards are. Yeah, maybe but maybe, maybe I'm going to watch Maestro. Maybe I'm going to do it. OK, so I think Nyad and Maestro are both on Netflix. So like maybe we'll watch it and we'll come back and we'll, we'll give like an honest opinion. Uh, and we so- might. And if we regret it. We're never going to do this again. That's it. Yeah. Uh, supporting actresses will be Emily Blunt and Oppenheimer. She was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, Danielle Brooks in the color purple. Did that get they remade the color purple? I have no idea. Let me look real quick because I why I wrote that. Oh, wow. They did. Did they? Is it like a music? Is it a musical or something? It looks yeah. like a musical from the torn front. apart from uh yeah. Oh, uh, you okay. know what? I'll tell you right now. I promise you that I never watch any musical that's fucking nominated for anything. It's like shit. It's the worst. All right. Yeah. So I guess they redid that. So she is there. Uh, America Ferrara and Barbie. I thought she was okay. Mm-hmm. You know, she's you know whatever. Jodie okay. Foster in Nyad. Cool. I love Jodie Foster. I do. So I believe it. I, I believe it. Valid. And then the very last one, Devine Joy Randolph and the Holdovers. She was great. She was great. Cool. Yep. Uh, the last two here. Let's do director, best director, uh, Justine uh, Justine Treat and Anatomy of a Fall, Scorsese and the Killers of the Flower Moon, Christopher Nolan, obviously Oppenheimer, uh, Jonathan Grazer, the. I'm uh, I want to see that. Um, I don't, even I don't know. think it's out yet till I want to say the beginning of February. So very soon. The zone of um, interest. Yeah, it's a I think it was based on a book, but the commander of Auschwitz, Rudolf Haas and his wife Hedwig strive to build a dream life for their family in a house and garden next to the camp. I've watched a lot of World War Two docs and stuff. I think I remember this story. And it, it, these people, all this, like, right over the wall, basically, from Auschwitz, where all these horrific things are going on. This family's just raising, you know, kids about playing in their backyard and shit. When, like, feet away, 
was like that they had no idea was going on. Uh, very, very crazy story. I'm looking forward to watching it. And well, Jonathan Glazer, why great he... director. Yeah, because he did Under the Skin ten years Under... ago, and Sexy yep. Sexy Beast, which I I loved. Which was... you know that's uh, going to be a um, TV show this year. No, they're making a TV show of Sexy Beast. Why is it taking yeah. him so long to in between projects? I mean, maybe he's maybe he's got a, a day job or something. <laughs> Might uh, be. Oh, and then very last, Yorgos Lanthimos, which is one of our favorites. I mean, beautiful film, amazing, uh, amazing. Yeah, it's just. I mean, once again, you know, we're just gonna sit here and, and praise poor things. Uh, and then very last, you know, best picture of the year. There's a whole bunch of them. So American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall. Barbie, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro Oppenheimer. Here's a movie that I love that no one ever mentions, Past Lives. I just watched that last year, A24. Really cool story, very character-driven, and one of those situations, once again, where it's like it's very relatable, you know, for people that have ex-lovers or ex you know, like people, you know, when you break up with someone and – uh it's you know everyone basically has relationships you know and 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 in life and uh so this stuff's like super relatable uh american fiction on prime for five bucks yeah uh american fiction poor things and zone of interest so basically everything Mm -hmm. that's been mentioned um so yeah that'll be interesting sure i'm gonna Uh, try to watch a few of these all right so Let's do the. Uh, hold on, let me look. Oh, one other thing I got to mention too. I had posted about it. The um, me too. Yeah. The I'm too old for this shit. Did you get to watch that? I'm too old for this shit. No, remind me what the that documentary was. on. It's like the Anvil doc, but about this band. Oh, I got less known than Anvil even. Let and, me look. Uh, yeah. Out of Florida, the band's called Siren. Guys <laughs> never went anywhere. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, their demo is surfacing in Germany and diehard, they got diehard fans over there that bring them over to Germany because from these demos and shit, not even like these guys didn't even have a career. So it's an even, even more absurd story than than the Anvil story. But uh, it's just a sweet story. And if you've ever been in a band or done anything creative and you you're an older fella. You know, it's it. I it can't help but uh, what's what did you watch it on? It's on YouTube. Um, I think uh, produced Chris Jericho produced it. Did yeah, Chris Jericho. Like I said, he finally contributed something positive (laughs) to the music world. Um, (laughs) and uh, but it's great, very sweet story. Highly recommended. It's up free. So I'm gonna check it out. Uh, real quick. So True Detective. And the oh, head. Yeah. So the head was such a great show. I didn't really think that it needed a second season. I had no idea. And somehow the head season two came out in 2022, like December. And did you watch the head? I did not watch the head from your description. It always sounded good to me. I just didn't yeah. get to it, you know, but it's unbelievable. Like a thing, right? Yeah, it's Bye. absolutely. Um, but yeah, so I, I just watched the first epi- episode of that and it's a very interesting way to continue that story 
So I want to see where this goes. It's really like a slasher movie. I mean, slasher TV show, I guess, of the six episodes. Highly recommend it, you know, if you like the thing and you like fucking 80 slashers and whodunits. It's it's a great whodunit. Uh, True Detective, same thing. Uh, two episodes. They, they really took a detour from the from the I guess like the slow moving you know detective work of re- like based in reality because uh Issa Lopez who did Not Afraid of Tigers or whatever she she's in charge of this season and uh they definitely went in a different direction which is uh, seems to be a little b- I mean you know you could see in the first few episodes that there's something out of reality going on. I have no idea. Right. So I love it. I'm, oh, dig- you're I'm digging it so far. A lot. Of, yeah, I've watched the two episodes that are out. I've seen a lot of people hating on it, but I think hating True Detective more than the first season, which we know is amazing. It seems to be like a thing. I don't know. I think it's great. It's got a horror twist in it. Jodie Foster. I love the setting in Alaska. I yeah. love the 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 nighttime all the time. It's kind of, I'm digging it. I'm there for it. I think it's fucking cool, man. I'm into the crime. I'm into the, 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 the violence of it. I'm into like the, what's going on. The other characters around the story, you know, the drunk driver or like just everyone else in the town, even like that, that the the dude from uh, Eastbound and down, like everyone seems to be miscast. And their dialogue seems to be terrible and they don't really seem to be good actors, but everything outside of the main story is kind of like what mm-hmm. I have a gripe with the first two episodes. Everything inside of it is what's keeping me in. It's like, okay, cool. So uh, I think they're really setting up for you to feel like to put you in the town and see what kind of people live there and how it is this kind of outskirty fucking bizarro northern exposure like fucking town or something you know but i'll take your word for it yeah i'll take your word for it uh all right cool so that brings us up to uh you know we love looking back at, at uh you know album anniversaries you know uh, as time goes on you're like wow 1994 was 30 years ago <laughs> Kill me now. Uh, so our boy Davey Bright uh, posted um, a, a Jar of Flies by Alice in Chains celebrating 30 years. And I was like, hey, let, let's just uh, tack on at the end, you know, discussing 10 of our favorite Alice in Chains songs. I wouldn't even say that these are in order. It's just 10 of my favorites, you know. It's very hard to put these songs in order because, like, I would like to listen to them at any time. Yeah. Uh, and I'll tell you this. I didn't go beyond the self-titled. I don't have a, an attachment to anything after that um, for lack of listening to. So I can't really I couldn't leave out, you know, like no excuses just because I need to throw in like a, a fucking album from a song from their last album. It just didn't seem right to me. So mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't go beyond the self-titled. So to me, I, I, I dipped from Sap and Jar of Flies, which are two of the best e- EPs I've I have heard. I couldn't believe like, you know, it's 1992, 94. You're like listening to this super rocking band, dark band, do these acoustic EPs. And you're like, holy shit, you guys yeah. are so good. And then Facelift, Dirt and uh, the self-titled. So, um, yeah, man, let, let, let's go. Yeah, these guys were so cool when they came out. I remember when they hit, and it gave me the same 
excitement like Jane's Addiction did when I heard like, you know, Mountain Song or something because they were heavy enough to get played on the on the Headbangers Ball, but they weren't your cut cut and standard, you know, metal band. They weren't that at all, but they had a heavy edge to it. But they were a little heavier than some of the shit you'd hear on 120 Minutes. They really like these bands kind of stuck out and and low key man Jerry Cantrell he's one of the greatest songwriters I've ever seen um and I I Black Gives Way to Blue I love as a comeback album we'll get into that Rain or Fog and Devil Put the Dinosaurs Here I need to go back and play with those a little bit more but Me what too. a pro- prolific yeah. songwriter and amazing guitar player uh uh, he's 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 just incredible. Me too. Um, you know, because the the reason those albums work, and as I got older, I realized, um, it's because Jerry is such a big part of everything. Like he wrote Ooh. everything. Like Lane is is almost like his backup singer. Yeah. yeah. Um, that really hit for me like and i always knew i always loved jerry cantrell i had his solo shit and this and that but then when there was talk of them getting back together and put out that record and when i heard it i was like jesus christ jerry cantrell really was he was yeah you know what i mean like it they lane's not even in it and lane lane has one of the most unique voices ever i love lane staley but man jerry cantrell was doing all the heavy lifting Absolutely. And, uh, you know, granted, they birthed more terrible bands. Oh, my God. I don't even like they're they're the lineage from that tree with them at the top. Yeah, it's just God smack Creed, all that. Like, yeah, the the Yarl bands, they call them. Like when when Lane did it, you're like, all right, cool. That's whatever. But then like people started doing it and it's like ah it's not the same man like you can't no. oh god not you're not, right yeah um all right so yeah like, like i said i would say my number one is my real number one the other ones are very Ooh. interchangeable and this was pretty hard it was pretty hard to to really list what i have and then put them in order because there's a lot of good songs. Uh, I could have put all of dirt to be honest with you. So uh, yeah, give me what you have as number 10. Um, I have again from probably, you know, my least favorite of their records. If I had that, there's some great songs on it, but there's some, some bad ones. I think lane was really uh, going through it when they made the self-titled record. But again, is just uh brutally that's heavy you know alice and chains was so cool too because as far as how heavy they could be but how emotional or melodic or beautiful some of their stuff is but again is a, is a ripper is a heavy one and i you know i love it i don't know why i didn't hear number 10 what was your number 10 again oh again yeah again's great yeah for sure um so I'm going to do – I wanted to throw this one in at, at, uh, at the very beginning. What the hell have I? This oh, my was, God. I can't believe you said that. That's my nine. Is it? Yeah. Th- yeah. Right. That was Keep the – Yeah. So the Last Action Hero soundtrack, 
had some uh had a bunch of b-sides i think i know like def leppard had two steps behind uh i got it right here you had acdc you had megadeth queens def leppard cypress oh. hill fishbone tesla angry again right that was megadeth and anthrax and aerosmith uh angry again megadeth yeah yeah that's a, that's another good song but yeah what the hell have i i remember buying this is when i was buying guitar world magazines and like playing along to stuff and and that riff that I still play it because it's a lot of fun to play. Uh, what like the hell have I? Almost. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, the notes that, that you know, in the production that on it and stuff. So, but uh, my number ten. So you're number nine. Speak on it. Yeah, listen. Uh, it it stood out to me. It's the highlight of the soundtrack. I think it's only it was on that soundtrack and that music box uh, box set. I think they put out. But and the man, video. this. To think that, you know, I don't know the history of it, if they wrote it to sell to the movie or if it's a leftover song that didn't make a record or something. But, man, this this could be on any of their albums. It's it's fantastic. And I'm pretty sure there was a video, right, if I remember correctly? There was a video. Yep. That's how I heard it first. Yeah, because I don't think I saw that movie when it first came out. And I know it took a lambasting, you know what I mean? But it has a, it has a nice cult following. It's actually a pretty good movie. But uh, I've never seen the whole thing. Um, and it was, it was in, it was Schwarzenegger's first like chink in the armor, you know, and he couldn't take it. And he mentions it actually in that awesome docuseries, uh, Arnold. So good. Uh, my next one I will mention is Heaven Beside You. You know, you were talking about like the self titled. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember not liking the self titled as much, and just recently I've been listening to it. So when I go back and I listen to Allison Chains. It's really self-titled um, because it's so dark and there's some really cool bangers on here. But Heaven Beside You is definitely something that could have been on the two acoustic EPs. It's just great. And once again, it's mostly Jerry. You hear Jerry all through this and it's just, yeah, you know, we what you want to It's immediately catchy such a heavy band but always just great vocals and, and hooks so heaven beside you What's nice next? next one i got is it ain't like that from facelift um i remember when this record came out i was working at record world we got it sent as a promo from whatever label they were on and man nobody with this album got played every day several times a day in the store and everybody liked it. Metalheads liked it. Alt people liked it. Uh, it was just killer. It was also featured. This is a song they played in uh, the singles, Cameron Crow singles, when they're when Alice changed in the club. This is that tune. Uh, just a heavy one. Same way I like, uh, again, on the self-title. This one's just heavy like that. Heavy and dark. Yeah. Um, all right. So the next one, I'm going to Sap. Got me wrong. Um, Yo, same shit, bro. Number eight. I got the same one. Yeah. So I, next. I remember being uh, in a 28 day inpatient rehab and like uh, maybe it was 1998. I remember. And me and this guy, Derek Bentavania. I don't know where the fuck he is. Never seen him ever again. But he would play guitar and uh, we we would sit there. And this is the song that we learned because we fucking loved it so much. 
And I think we like sang it there. You know, we were there for like 28 days. Uh, and out of the four songs, once again, all four great songs. Chris Cornell has a cameo uh, uh, in the third song, I think I remember. Uh, but Got Me Wrong was just so good. It was just uh, it, it, so many K-Rock bands mimicked that goddamn riff and that progression that it, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> like, because this is got me wrong i feel like is you know super lineage for like the days of the new or like all these other bands uh, yeah just, <laughs> just have this but goddamn when that chorus hits it's just like you could tell that these guys were just special you know i remember having that cassette and just thinking like if the cassette if i remember correctly it was four songs so each side had the same four songs mm-hmm. uh, but uh cool man yeah that's my number eight anything to add no, nah, I mean it's it's just such a fun song to play, sing along with. I know I, whenever I hear it too, it always makes me think of Clerks. Clerks use this one too. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. In front of the 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 quick mark, but um, yeah, great song. Sap is Sap is uh is God. I mean, it it's probably my favorite thing overall of this band that they've done like you know eps albums whatever it's just the perfect piece of songwriting it's incredible yeah i mean they could have combined this and jar of flies and and made it like their fourth album that would be one of the greatest albums ever made man yeah absolutely uh so then that was your number eight so then we're going to my seven uh you know man in a box say what you want uh and just recently our friends in beaster who I will be seeing tonight at Mr. Beery's, uh, they do a cover of this song, um, Man in a Box, and uh, my my friend uh, Tracy sings it, it's a female singer, Ooh. and her, her sister plays drums, my friend Mike plays guitar, and Newman plays bass, uh, and they do a very good job. And I think she even sings it like a key higher because she has a very high voice. And uh, it just reminds you of the power. Sometimes you hear a song and you never want to hear it again, Anytime I hear Man in a Box, like I'm just, it's one of those songs that I still don't get tired of because um, it's just really good. Very simple, like that riff. And who could forget, you know, watching that video, like when it first dropped, you you know, it's like laying in like a chicken coop or something. Like, yeah. Jumping, yep. jumping, jumping around. You're just like, okay, like cool. The hair and he's wearing the leather duster. Yeah. That, yeah. 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 It, so, but uh, God, yeah. What a, um, I had this down as an honorable mention. Uh, definitely, it's uh, such a good introduction to the world. You know this tune, and uh, I tell you, when Lane, I think it's one of Lane's best sung songs because when, especially when he comes back in after the solo, like really hard. Yeah. Oh yeah. With yeah. the chorus, it's gives me. I'm mean, I got goosebumps right now talking about it. It's just so perfectly sung. Fucking yeah. killer. It's great. What do you got next? Uh, I think we're up to my number six here. Uh, I don't know if that what you got, but anyway, I got uh, I, something I, from yeah, because I just did my seven. Because we had some duplicates and whatnot, but uh, from Black Gives Way to Blue, actually called Take Her Out. 
there's a lot of good songs on this record. Definitely give this record a, a good listen, man. I think you're going to like be like, shit, this fucking is amazing. Because the title track, Black Gives Way to Blue, is superior. The single they put out. The, Everything the... I've heard, I like. It just It's just hard for me because I didn't take time with them. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for me to overlook anything that I like. I picked like 20 songs and it's like, I can't just be like, oh. But not I, for the list purposes. I just mean like. Yeah, give it, jump into it. You're gonna fucking love it. But take her out is just a heavy, dark, brooding kind of song. But man, Jerry sings the fuck out of this song, and it's uh, it's it to, for for me to put it in here with all the lame material, you know, is it, it says a lot about it. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Like yeah, if yeah. we made a Van Halen list, you wouldn't see no Sammy Hagar on my top ten. <laughs> Maybe I'm she, may, maybe Sharon, but not not Agar. Maybe Sucker in a three piece or something amazing like that. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. But take her out, killer. Um. Uh, so my number six, them bones. Uh, I got that as my number two. Okay. Yeah. So I'll uh I'll just speak on it real quick. Hmm. Uh. You know, this video was cool, but like this riff in particular, so unique. Like it's really so unique. And and this song is like if you put their songs in a time capsule, this should be in there because everything in this song is what they did. It's just that fucking and then like the two harmonizing perfectly. You know, and then that little fucking like lead, like you know, once again, you, you you could say that maybe the song is played out to some, but it doesn't matter because like this is the DNA of like no one sounded like this. People tried to sound like them bones, but in, in a short amount of time, this song like just like really resonated. I, I, I fucking love it. Like when you like when I haven't heard it in a while and I listen to it, it's just like, wow. It's like, yeah, this is yeah. like the, the power and the uniqueness of this band that, that, for the most part, I think sounded like no one. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll just say right now, we'll skip to when I get to two. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I heard this on Headbangers Ball. This one you wouldn't see on 120. Like, they'll be fucking with Rooster on 120 over yeah. there, but then Bones would be on with Ricky Rackman or some shit. But uh, yeah, like you said, the harmonies on this fucking incredible. And really, in the history of music, I mean, uh, Lane and Jerry, I think, are it's one of the most unique pairings of vocals you'll ever hear a harmony in a band. There's certain ones that just David Lee Roth and Michael Anthony just have, have their own kind of shit where the, these guys are working together and they just intertwine perfectly and create something people will try to duplicate, but never will, you know? Yeah. It's especially for heavy bands, you know, you, you're not used to it and, and no. they're, like maybe you'll get a harmony here and there, but they were so like the, 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 the songs were just so intertwined with their vocals. Like it, they yeah. were both the lead vocal basically, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so what's your five brother, uh, from sap, uh, this, this one's featuring with Ann Wilson, singing back talk about getting some like <laughs> stellar vocals on this sap ep but ann wilson who's just who's probably one of the greatest singers in history um i think if you don't believe me watch her 
when Hart played Stairway to Heaven for Led Zeppelin on that tribute show with the classic. I don't know if you ever seen that clip. No. Stairway to Heaven, a song you've heard eight million times or whatever, but Ann Wilson singing the fuck out of it when you see uh, the three surviving members of Zeppelin who, I mean, sitting there hearing somebody cover their song for the eight million times. You guys are getting like misty in the face, like, and and that's Ann Wilson, man. Ann Wilson sings like no other. So she's singing back up on this beautiful song that's already beautiful uh, and perfect. Another great acoustic, fun to play acoustic song. Yeah, you're right. I did see that. I I forgot that 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 I did see it um, because yeah. I re- I remember Robert Plant getting all misty. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think even I think it, she's so entwined with this song too. I I, believe, I think they even played at heart shows or something. Or they've they seen do. their cover. Yeah, this. yeah. So like the two, you know, the Wilson sisters love their Led Zeppelin, and goddamn, like she fucking like she could belt it. Like they sound really good when they play it. So I tell you, she put out a, a record. I can't remember last year that I was, I had no expectations for. I put it on. I normally probably might have skipped it. I don't listen to a lot of classic rock artists, but uh, fucking really good. Really good. Like impressively good. Uh, good songs. I expected a great singing, obviously, but uh, fucking, I wish I had the name hand, but uh, it's good shit. Yeah. Sometimes hard pops on. I forget where we were and uh, you forget like maybe alone came on somewhere and you're just like every like guitar, like power chord and like singing. You're like, oh, yeah, this shit, just, this shit dumps yeah. hard. I remember when we were younger, they had uh, all I want to do is make love <laughs> yeah, to you. Yeah. They, they had kind of like, you know, like a little resurgence there in like 89, 90, because I remember that's one of the videos. They um, were one of those bands that had a couple of acts like Yes. Yes yeah. was that hippie, whatever, run around or whatever the fucking song that was. And then they came out with that owner of a lonely heart shit in the MTV. Of a lonely right? heart. And heart had your Barracuda and whatnot. And then all of a sudden reinvented themselves to do that shit. And let me tell you, alone and stuff. I mean, you're talking about one of them best crafted power ballads of all time and she sings the fuck out of it. and yeah. man i was all about nancy though in that video I yeah. mean, I <laughs> riding yeah. on that horse with the guitar on her back like, come <laughs> to Manitou, ride your horse to manita i mean if you're gonna ride a horse that's a great place to do it once you get off that one main road uh where am i five okay well, five. uh yeah I'm you're five. five so no excuses jar flies uh, this is another one of those guitar songs, you know, getting um, this might have been the first single off of Jar of Flies. I remember just it watching it and it had that really cool like guitar slide. And so when I would get the guitar magazines, I was like, it's to this day, it's still one of those awesome like chord structures that I like playing. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's just great. That was the claymation video, right? No, no, no. Claymation, claymation was I Stay Away. Yes, I'm sorry. Yep. Yeah, yeah. No excuses was like something else. Uh, yeah, that's my number five. So back to you. Uh, also from Jar of Flies, my number four is Nutshell, yeah. which is one of the most hauntingly beautiful songs you'll ever hear. I'll even go further and mention the version on uh, Unplugged, if that doesn't rip your fucking heart out, because you know what happened and where he was at in that, how gaunt and sickly he was singing this song it's like it'll 
it's as powerful as like you know when 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 Cobain did the uh, where did you sleep last night or something. It's one of those unplugged moments that's just haunting. It's the song is so beautiful and sad. Yeah, um, that was definitely a you know one unplugged that everyone remembers. Um, so my next pick is the title track off of Dirt. Um, nice. it's just called Dirt, you know, and uh, I think at this point, no, maybe like 91, 92. Um, later on, obviously, like, yo, it's so funny. Like, as a kid, you know, you watch, you romance, like, I romanticize this stuff before I even got a drug addiction. Like I would like fuck around with drugs. And then once you get into it, I go back to this record. And at first, like when I first got it, it, it didn't connect with me. But later on, Dirt connected with me when I, you know, <laughs> started doing drugs. And uh, the chorus like really hit, you know, and it was it, it like the middle of the album is is almost somewhat forgotten. But it's um, um hold on. I got to take this. My landlord. Probably right. just come down. Hello? I do? Nah. 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 <laughs> okay. Um, Chinese food. I wish it was for me. So, all right. Yeah. So, so. The middle of, of the record, especially this in particular, like uh, was just super dark. I want to taste dirty, stinging pistol in my mouth, on my tongue. I want to screw. Mm. I, I want you to scrape me from the walls and go crazy like you made me. One who doesn't care is one who shouldn't be. Man, listen to this fucking song. And it's dark, but it's so well written. And uh, it, yeah, I don't know. Dirt title track, man. It's, it's just I could have picked this whole album just because it's sure. fantastic and it killed me to leave off you know rain when i die and certain things but uh an iron gland who iron gland what's that you know that's like that short little snippet of the with iron man oh i don't know that, that. yeah it's a crap it's a throwaway like a filler thing it's like oh, a yeah. hip-hop skit like okay. the equivalent yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh that's my number four so back to you round finishing up here uh, also from SAP, I got right turn. Oh, you um, you weren't kidding. You were all in. I I had to leave the one off just to be like, I can't just put this whole record in there. But I mean, this Chris Cornell, here we are with Chris Cornell singing back up. Yeah. With, two, uh, with, with Lane and Jerry, two of my other favorite singers. It's just the perfect storm for me. This is just amazing. And Chris Cornell, of course, sings the fuck out of this song, especially towards the outro of this. Um, yeah. Just uh, you know, it's fucking incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that back to me. I got Rotten Apple, first song off of uh, Jar of Flies. Nice. Um, you know, it's not often you know you hear a six seven minute song and and fall in love with it, but it just it takes its time. This whole song is just a goddamn ride, but it's so it's a dark and awesome ride. You know, hey na na na. Uh-huh. And then the chorus kicks in. It's just fantastic. I I always gravitated towards this opening track on Jar of Flies, and it's you know once again when you when you think of what what Alice in Chains is, I think this is just a really good. 
representation of what they can do when they when they you know uh kick off the distortion and and do this oh yeah acoustics with the harmonies big fan love so, the chorus on that song yeah uh so we already got your number two what's your number three we do and i bet you we have the same number one i think and what was your number three my number two was them bones no, my number what... three was right turn right turn that? so then i got number two i got angry chair and I got them bones, so you just give me angry chair. Okay, yeah. So angry chair. Um, another, you know, all these songs were in fucking guitar magazines, and I loved it. You know, like it's just this is another one of those rides uh, on this album, and uh, I fucking loved it, man. You know, it darn 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 You know, just the simplicity of that. And then when the chorus kicks in, they they fucking kill it, and uh, yeah, I fucking love it. And it's I think it's the second to last song, right before our number one, right? Wood, wood. Yeah, you, you know. can't you can't beat it. It, it to this day. You, like when you hear it, it's still like okay, this is like the bass, the guitar, like everything takes its time and kicks into that, and then the outro when it really kick. It's just forget it. That's forget it. it. You're not beating this song. Yep. And this was, was this out on singles before Dirt? Yeah. It was, yeah. right? It, it was released was that way yeah. with the video, with the clips of the movie in it and stuff like that. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a perfectly crafted song. It's amazing. Uh, like you said, that outro, is, is it, it, it makes you feel some shit. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. This, this is like... Everything else was interchangeable to me. Maybe Angry Chair really is like my number two, but everything else is like very much like, you know, it doesn't really matter. But Wood, 100%. Like, Lane, you know, Lane sings the fuck out of this song. I wouldn't pick Black Hole Sun as, as Soundgarden's best song. I wouldn't pick Smells Like Teen Spirit as Nirvana's. Uh, Pearl Jam would definitely not be alive. Uh, but this... This is like when you think of wood, you're like, okay, yeah, this is, this mm-hmm. is, this is the best and better than all the songs I just mentioned, one hundred percent. Yep, agreed. So, Thirty years of jar flies, and that's it. Cool. So, man, I'm gonna go listen to all these songs again. And... We're gonna sign off and watch Maestro, I think. Right, you and I. <laughs> you know what? That's not a bad idea. I might just watch a. Uh, uh, the next episode of The Curse because uh, I got to knock that out. There you go. There you go. And I'm going to watch Barbie. That's the homework. And if you don't, watch the first episode of The Head. Yes, we get on that too. So, all right. We said it all. Yeah, we will talk. Wait a minute.